0: Hey, man. So, uh, we can go and get started, dude. I'm just going to, uh, do my quick intro, introduce you and give it a chance to talk to you about yourself and, uh, introduce yourself. And then we'll, we'll go from there. I don't have a, qu- a real direction. I'll probably get into your teaching a little bit, you know, cause we okay. are, I'm going to touch on the whole, uh, creating a team coaching kind of thing, which is kind of right up your alley as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and just bullshit and drink whiskey. Sounds good. Cool, man. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Oh, my and Life. I'm Jamie Britt. And I'm Heath Britt. And together we are E14. We have 40 years of naval service. And each week we discuss a potpourri of topics, which we like to call smoke pit topics. These are real world topics that concern us, our marriage, and our Navy with a sailor twist. So join us each week as we dive into the deep end, to the deep end. Booyah! Welcome, everybody, back to E14 Podcast. Again, it's just me. Jamie's doing her recruiting thing. Man, she's been busy as hell, but that's all right. So I got a man with me, Chance Whitmore from the Strive, Seek, and Find Podcast. Chance, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. This is awesome. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. So well, I, I hit up Chance. I said, hey, man, that's bullshit. Drink whiskey. How's it sound? And he was like, yeah, I'm game. What you drinking on?
1: So I've got a uh, little, uh, Buffalo trace bourbon nice. here. Uh, it's a old favorite of mine be- for two reasons. One, I just, I love the the nose. I love the flavor. And two, I really love the price point on it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I got some four roses. bourbon, oh, good uh, choice. Single barrel. I like it. Uh, you know, I've never had it and it's a uh, hundred proof good stuff, but I actually got it from a friend of mine. Hermes Oslander from, uh, the scuttlebutt podcast uh he uh, he was driving through Uh big shout out to those guys uh him and his wife Khaleesi they were already married but they did a big ceremony with the fam they did a road trip and I was on his way there so he stopped by we drank a few beers and he gave me this and a bottle of scotch oh, so awesome. I, I really appreciate it and hey congratulations to you two crazy kids on uh tying the knot again in front in front of your friends and family that's great to hear uh really before we get started I just want to I have I never do this, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna look just remind everybody, please, please. Uh if you like us, rate us on uh Apple Podcast and on uh Spotify. Uh, if you like the show, please rate us and send us a review. If you don't like us, just uh give me a just uh just give me an IM and tell me we suck, but just please don't put it on the uh on the uh, on the app. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm I'm super pumped, man, to have you on. I'm I'm ready to drink some whiskey. I'm ready to get a little buzz on and get to get drunk with one of my favorite teachers. You no, know, everybody says they wish they get drunk with their teacher. I'm getting drunk with a teacher right now. So how long have you been doing that gig? Oh,
1: good Lord, I have this is my twenty seventh year in education. Uh, I started uh, possibly a, a, in retrospect, it feels like a a, a little young. Uh, I would, came out of college at started teaching and coaching in nineteen ninety six. Uh, I taught in two schools. In state of Idaho, and then went in high school mainly senior English, but some history, and some other types of English along the way. Coached football, coached wrestling. Uh, then in about 2007, so after 11 years in the classroom, I took a job to be a, a dean of students, so dealing with the discipline and attendance of kids, and have and then went vice principal, and then at a high school, and then. Uh, let's see here. Vice principal, of the high school elementary principal so that I could see my own kids for a couple of years. There you go. And now I'm a middle school principal.
0: Say middle so, school. What is a middle school to you guys? Depending on what
1: state you're in with six, seven, eight, six, seven, eight for middle school, Idaho's funny because we got some middle schools that are six, seven, eight. And then we have, uh, a few of the smaller ones go five, six, seven, eight. And yeah. then you got junior highs that are, uh, seven, eight, nine.
0: It's weird. It's weird. Uh, same thing. I think I don't think it has to do with the state. It just has to do in the area of the state you're in, uh, same thing in Louisiana. And I'm finding that out here in Pennsylvania too, but man, damn 27 years you joined teaching about the same time I joined the military, uh, October 31st, this past Halloween was my 27th year. Wow. Uh, anniversary of going to boot camp. uh, back in October 31st of 1995. So I feel you, man, we're if I'd still in and you're, and you're still teaching, but I'm not anymore, we'd be a couple of dinosaurs in our, uh, in our, in our job.
1: Well, I, I went for the, from the, uh, I can remember being the young guy on an, uh, with a bunch of old teachers at, cause I was this bachelor and I worked on a, a, a staff that had been together forever. And suddenly I look around my uh, building now and talking to people. I got a teacher who is retiring December 16th. He has been a PE teacher in the building I'm in since 1987. Never left, never done anything else. Uh, Great teacher, great coach. But man, I can't imagine staying in one place that long. I can't imagine anything like that because I'm on my sixth building, I think it is. And uh, I got another one who's been teaching. She's a little bit older than I am, but she's been teaching 28 years. Those are the only two people in the building that are even close to my, uh, my time in the system. So they look at me and I talk about something from the nineties. And they look at me like a couple of them look at me like I, they weren't even born yet. So
0: well, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I remember uh, my last duty station over in South Mississippi or with the Naval special warfare. I My first command was the Abraham Lincoln out of, out of Seattle. I was the mm-hmm. youngest person in a division of 40 people by like three years, you know, the Navy's young, and in general, yeah. on average, average, I was the youngest one in that division. And then when I fast forward 25, 20 years later or whatever, I was in South Mississippi. The only person older than me was the daggum Warren officer. <laughs> I was and by a lot. I think the closest one to me was probably 10 years. Yeah. There was a, a lot of, a lot of young guys and, uh, yeah, it was all guys, uh, my last command and, it's, and the civilian that worked with us. He was, he was older and a little bit older than a warrant officer. And I was the third oldest so yeah it's um, it really makes you look and think especially when you've been doing something for so long how you started at such a young age fresh out of college for you actually I was barely drinking age when I got to my first ship I had a couple years of school going into that and now I re- I retire I'm I'm the old I'm the old goat man and uh yeah but you know what now I got a job now doing uh being a, a planner in at electric like electric company and I'm still not the not close to being the youngest person there. There's a lot of younger people there, but it's it's like that's a civilian job. So I mean, I could I don't get fired and do something stupid. I could be there forever. Yeah, and <laughs> it's just weird to think about that. I'll never go anywhere else. I mean, they're moving buildings, but other than that, it's pretty much the same thing. And and uh, you know, it's uh, takes some getting used to. Is that 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 changes
1: the tone, doesn't it? Where you 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 don't know there's a transfer eventually coming. That right, they're gonna move you on to another job. It, right, it, it, does it change how you build relationships? Does it change how you do some of those
0: things? Uh, no, I'm, I'm kind of a people person anyway. But I, I would tell somebody to get f'd really quick in the Navy, because uh, I know, hey, if I mean if they deserve it, I wouldn't just tell everybody to get f'd. But, but if if you were jacked up, I'd tell you, hey, you go fuck yourself. But now I can't really do that. I can, but that that's a long time of of that uneasy feeling with. With another person, you just totally off. So you got it. Yeah, it's in the. It's not really in the back of my mind, but it should be.
1: <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it should be. Yeah, it it does because you do the things that, shoot, you could sit there and you, if you talk to some of the people have been there in your that uh, job for ten plus years, there's somebody in there that has a beef that goes back nine and a half of those years.
0: I'll guarantee you. I guarantee, I don't. I haven't noticed it yet but i haven't been there long but i'm sure there is some beef there it got to be you can't work around people that long without having some kind of beef but uh i i i'm the type of guy if i know there's a problem with somebody i i i'll 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 confront them about it uh, i try not to uh, let let stuff simmer too much cuz i hate that uneasy feeling i agree you know, i it's, hate it
1: it's better to go right into it and just get it yeah, done with
0: get it over with man hey if you got to throw blows you got to throw blows at least it's done with yep so that, so 27 years you've been in that, in that profession. And I'm thinking about my life, you know, in the Navy, how it was 26 years uh, before I retired. Tell me you started as 27 years. You started in 96. You said, so what's the, cal- what, I don't say caliber. I think there's never really, like, but what's the, have kids changed a lot? Yes. Uh, okay. A lot of kid- people say, a lot of people say like, you know our gener our our parents' generation said we were all jacked up and we think our our generation of kids are jacked up. So tell me, give me from the horse's mouth, tell me well, about it's, it. It's
1: okay. Uh through my career, there's there's been a lot of changes in adults and a lot of changes in kids. Right. And what what people forget is kids are kids, what their environment is and what they're dealing with completely has changed. When you and I were in school, the worst thing that could happen if somebody wanted to say something bad about you is talk behind your back or throw it up on the bathroom wall or some of that shit
0: for good time. call chance. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Now, uh, these kids have the pressure of social media. They have that, that is constant. Uh, they're addicted to technology on a level that, and, and it's not really their fault. We have trained them to be that way because when they were two years old, it was easier to keep their attention if mom handed them a cell phone than it was to 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 I don't know, pay some pay attention. And it's not with intentionality, it's just society is moving at a high pace. And so to get from point A to point B, you do some of those things. Yeah. I did it with my kids. Uh the so they they are very into it. And because of that, that has made them. Well, it's built that cult of me up in them because they, they can get that that big dopamine rush from likes and people paying attention to them. Uh, they're also, and I don't want to say, and a lot of kids are not like this, but you see more kids who are, uh, I won't say, that don't know, understand that failure is part of a process. Yeah, And so teaching them that, explicitly takes time. So the kids are great. More than any, it's just making sure they have the tools to be successful long term. Um there's always, you know, they always talk about well coming out of COVID. Yeah. Kid kids right now from what they were in 2019, by definition have to be different creatures. They went through some stuff. They 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 they're they lost, they were traumatized and that, uh, by it because mom and dad are trying to work. They're raising themselves. They don't have school for support. Even if the school's online, that's not the same thing. Yeah. So I, I got eighth graders right now who last year was their first year back in the building, but there was all sorts of rules and alterations with it. So it's their first regular year of school since they were in the first part of fifth grade. So they're not going to be, they're not going to be as mature. They're not going to be as prepared. No matter what we do, it takes time to regain those skills because they haven't, you go through elementary school and I worked in elementary school as a principal for four years. And a big part of elementary school is at that top end is teaching kids how to manage interrelationship. And those kids lost that. And because of that. You have to, t- you, it's a explicit reteaching of stuff that teachers in a middle school didn't have have to deal with nearly so much. So you, it takes time. They don't have the tools because they didn't have the time to get them. Whose fault is that? It doesn't matter. You, We got to step up and help them become who they
0: need to be. You know, I can't imagine. Uh, and I did a little bit. I had to evolve over the years uh, in leadership. Like, you know, you're you're in the most important leadership part I mean besides you you are one of the main people that's going to mold young minds and to create successful leaders of our future right you and the parents so you had to you had to morph and change and, and let go of some things over the years if you were going to be successful I can't imagine was that a Pardon my French. Was that a mind fuck for you? Cause you knew how well, your your dad did you a certain way to get you to do what you needed to do. And you did a certain way to get your kids to, to do what they needed to do. Now, yeah. now you're taking on kids that you had nothing to do with rearing and raising and you need to get them to do a certain thing so they can be successful in life. And, and you're not, they're not disciplined the same way you were, or your kids were, how, you have to get in, you almost got to get into their mind. I can't imagine.
1: Yeah. It, it's totally different. I, I you know, just to, for a little context, uh, I was, I was raised by a, a mother who was an educator and a, a father who was a, uh, two tour of duty guy in, uh, in the United States Marine Corps. So I learned my best words from him at about okay. age 10 to 10. Great on. Words. Right. I'm sure he taught me some words. great words. Great words, uh, that all four I, letters too. all of them, have four all, letters. all of them. Oh, <laughs> I, I learned the, uh, I learned how to use fuck as a noun, adjective, adverb, and everything yes. else by the yes. time I was probably 11. The I word "fuck" is very,
0: money. it's very versatile,
1: very versatile, <laughs> and, but you didn't get, you're you careful not to get caught by mom or by yeah. him because he'd sell you out at that point. Oh, he yeah. didn't, <laughs> but, oh, yeah. uh, it, and so it was done a certain way. Uh, going through high school, if my grades drop. Uh, there was the talk behind the barn. If there was the, uh, which wasn't intentionally intimidating. Uh, and when I was a senior and he didn't think that was such a good idea anymore, cause I was bigger than him at that point. It was the talk about, well, I had to talk with the Marine Corps recruiter and he's ready with the paperwork. If your grades don't come up, we're going down this weekend Ooh, and you're signing <laughs> like, gotcha. You're serious about this one. Yeah. Uh, so it was very direct. It was very pointed. It was, I won't say rigid, but it was very structured. Yeah. Uh, and I started out that way Is that's how my coaches were. That's how my teachers were help in. It's, it's still legal in Idaho, but nobody does it in the state of Idaho. At the time that I went to school, uh, I, I was in middle school. I got hauled to the principal's office because I'd done something, don't remember much, but I was kind of an asshole. I'm sure of it. Uh, (laughs) Small school, from the principal's office, I hear, swat, swat, swat. Senior comes out, bawling his eyes out. I'm about to go in there next. I think I tore up the carpet going, I'm not going in there. I'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, Mr. Seely, great guy, had a mirrored wall so that he, you had to watch yourself take your SWATs when you got them. I like it. I like it. Those that so that whole that society was just in that place. We went from ha- I mean, the old guys around us were uh guys who had lived through the depression, had lived through yes. World War II, lived through Korea, lived through Vietnam. And it was just a very different society. It wasn't mm. so me focused, yeah, and good or ill, that's just kind of what we've produced, and what has what's changed with kids then is you have to get them to think for themselves, and there's recognition of some of the things kids go through uh if my principal tried to handle some of the kids that I have in my building with pulling them in and swatting them, they've been through worse they they've had life has kicked their butts more than most adults do. All you're doing is is reinforcing to them that you can't trust people in authority. If you go that direction. Right. So, so you got to teach them a different way. You got to hold them accountable. You got to make sure they understand that you got to reteach them explicitly what the right way is, but you can't do what we did 30 years ago. It just doesn't work. And that was, that was, it was a mind fuck because I came out of coaching, went right into doing discipline, and I thought I could talk to those kids the way that I talked to motivated athletes. You can't. It starts with re- and just like, but it just like those kids. It starts with the same place. It starts and ends with relationships. Yeah,
0: definitely. they got to trust you right. Hmm. Now, even I'm if they don't know.
1: like what you say, they got to yeah. trust that you're doing right. what's right.
0: Right now, I like what you said about you talking about the Swats that the principal was where that dude like senior's ass out. So I grew up, I mean, I'm sure Idaho is very, is that where you grew up, Idaho? Most of it. Yeah. I grew up all over the
1: West, but Idaho is where I spent most of my time.
0: Okay. Pretty conservative area, right? Extremely. Yeah. That's the way Louisiana, pretty conservative, even though it wasn't always red, it still had conservative values at its core. Right. So small school, like you, like you talk about 200 students from seventh to 12th grade, very Mm -hmm. small, uh, where you ass out. They believed in paddling. There was always that teacher or two that you just didn't want to get paddled by. I mean, they whip you. They whip your ass with that paddle, and you you would slam against the lockers. You know those guys. Yep. And I, I I thought it was a good thing back then. At looking back, back then, I think it was needed. I mm-hmm. think it was a good tool they had. I mean, I, I, I talked to a lot of old educators. Uh, Jamie's dad was a is a retired principal. You know, uh, he he taught for you know twenty plus years and was principal toward the end. What well, what's your personal opinion on paddling? Do you think it, it outwore its stay? Do you think it was a good thing to get rid? Because I'm sure it's not legal anywhere now.
1: Oh, it's Unless. it's actually it's actually legal in the state of Idaho. Nobody good. uses it though. It's it's okay. it's still on the books, but the rule is twofold. One, you have to have it written into your district policy, so it's not a principal making the decision. It's not the it's district policy. This is when we use it. And there's the thing that they had in most states by the end, which is there can't be any obvious anger. So you have to have a couple adults in the room and the person yeah. ha- can't, can't be angry when they're doing it.
0: No, and I, I agree with that. No, I agree with that. I think I think yeah. you don't you don't punish out of anger, you punish out of rational thinking, and no matter yep. what the punishment is. And I don't remember ever remember getting getting paddled. I used to get my ass wore out too. I don't ever remember getting paddled out of anger. It was all in there, all right, yep. Heath all right, put your hands on the desk, you know, you know, it was let's always, get this one done. Of the, let's get this done. It was never like, get your ass. You know, it was never out of violence. What do you, what's your personal opinion on t- on paddling as a teacher?
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I, having seen where these kids live and the, yeah. the, 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 sh- the shit they deal with at home in some of them, not all of them, obviously we got we great kids, but I see it. I see it as a ends up being, it would be a barrier because that whether like it or not, if the kid has dealt with enough violence in his past already, you hit that. You've just become another face of someone who has used violence against them rather than someone that's trying to help them. Gotcha. So gotcha. I, I, it served. It, it, but we're in a very different place, in a very different time. With me, I had a, a, a sixth grade teacher. He was, I same size school, I six through twelve, about two hundred kids. Sixth grade, six foot six. Fijian dude with this huge afro, Mister Sikatanga. He walked around the class with a freaking canoe paddle on his shoulder, and somehow, if he do, if I when I was turning my head to talk, and as the first word came out of my mouth, somehow that thing tagged me on the back of the head from across the damn room. So <laughs> never hard, just about just just hey, you're not paying attention. Wow, that was fine with me. Didn't bother. Yeah, you know, right. it, it, it caught my attention. Yeah, I needed yeah. it because I was a squirrel but I don't think it, I don't think it can work the way society's structured now.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, well, I, I agree. I agree. I, I, I don't think anything should be used just to use because it, we used to do it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years ago or, or whatever, because you know, you, kids aren't the same kids no. are very, very different than they were when we were, well, when they're, they're different than when, I mean, I'm, I'm a couple of generations removed. I would say that, Obviously generated, but the, the kids are going through school after me. They're way different now, They're yep. really way different than when I went to school. But you, you said you coach, what'd you coach football, football, little coached wrestling,
1: uh, did both for most of the time that I was in, uh, the classroom. Uh, that's actually what pulled me into education initially is, uh, <laughs> I wanted to, I loved the sport and I wanted to give back to it. Something that had done so much for me along the way. Which that
0: wrestling or football?
1: Football was my main one. I did wrestling. Uh, I did wrestling uh, because it was, I saw it as training ground for my offensive and defensive linemen because the best ones you had were always guys that knew how to get in there and hand fight and battle. And I'm a big believer. I tell this to kids now. They're like, oh, I'm just a basketball guy. Uh, Bullshit. You should be a three-sport athlete because the only way to get better as a competitor is to get out there and compete. And, uh, so I kept, tried to keep as many kids as I could involved, um, coached offensive and defensive line, uh, freshman JV varsity at different points in my career, uh, coached mainly kids above 180 pounds in wrestling because I could, I, I was still in my late twenties, early thirties. And I just work out with them and wrestle them to try to, to teach them along the way, which was really good for me and really good for them. Um, that's like heavyweights, right? That's heavyweights. Yeah. And I, I, you know, the only time I got, it's funny. The only time I got injured I- as a, as, uh, as a teacher, it's happened to, uh, as an elementary principal, which is a couple of good stories. I had a couple of little kids manage to bite, take a chunk out of my hand and stuff when they're out of control, angry,
0: little, angry, little shits, huh?
1: Uh, angry, <laughs> angry. And, I, and my fault. Cause I got, when I, I was trying to keep him from hurting somebody else, I put my hand in the, I didn't have my hands to myself as well as protecting the kids. Uh, oh but I had a 300 pounder fall on me, uh, which didn't happen and was not unusual, uh, but fell on me just right. Uh, sheared the t- couple of tendons off some fingers and I was done wrestling for like Two months I just had to sit around and yell at them from the walls because I had to get my my hand fixed and
0: <laughs> couldn't wrestle with them.
1: Couldn't wrestle with them. And they they felt like they're getting off easy because I that, I, that there was they could take a little break and coach wasn't stepping in. It was well, how big a boy
0: there, were you back then in your I say you oh, 29, 30 years old? Oh, probably about
1: I was two fifty, two sixty. Holy shit. Little, how, how tall are you? Six foot. So it, Damn. Uh, it uh, the, uh, you know, as low, I was as light as two, two thirteen at one point, uh, one year, but it, it fluctuated because well, like now I like my beer and yeah, my yeah. whiskey. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was easy to stay like under 200 when I was in the Navy. Now it's, it's struggling now. It's like a fight just to, yeah, that
1: the, the, right now with uh, yeah, I have made it to the, I haven't made it to the gym since, middle of summer because once, once school cranks up, it's, yeah, it's busy. chasing my, my kids and ch- hanging out at school.
0: Yeah. Balls to the wall. Yep. Balls to the wall. So what was your favorite thing to coach? Like, what would you like? I'm sure you liked it all, but what did you like get really, get really uh, hyped at about? Like, I get to do this today. What was your favorite thing and why?
1: Offensive line. Because it's so so much a team within a team you get five six guys working together stepping together they're they they're they may they're they're like brothers on the field you get the down down block you get the double team you open holes and there's something that is just visceral and intense about going out there and physically kicking someone's ass play after play and those kids just loved it because you, you get they get a little bit of the the they get a little bit of dog in them that that you, good offensive linemen are a little bit dirty yeah yeah, yeah. That, oh yeah and and so that they, they would have little kind you know they, they'd be knocking people off and they they'd set one up and knock them down it was it was a lot of fun to work with those kids because they owned it they loved it and they were a unit and you yeah. didn't mess you messed with one of them in the season you messed with all of them it was like it was like poetry dirty poetry Exactly. But a bunch of, I I I'd take those kids out every week. Uh, we'd go out on uh, the day before game day and we'd go to an all you can eat buffet. I got to <laughs> feed them big boys. You got to feed them big boys. You sit, you'd, you'd watch a little film and you'd go down to the, all you can eat buffet. You'd just sit there and talk to them and see where they're at and talk about the game and some amazing memories of those kids and all those, I call them kids. Still, most of those kids are, Late 30s, early 40s at this point. Yeah, and yeah. uh so in some cases I have their kids coming through my school now.
0: Yeah, right. And I noticed that uh talking to my father-in-law, who's pretty much one of my best friends now. Uh, but he would tell stories. I mean, he still has people coach, hey, coach, and they're they're older than I am, some of them. I'm 46 and these guys are in their 50s. You gotta think he's 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 you know, he's pushing yeah. 70. So he was teaching in the he was coaching in the early, early, early eighties. Um yeah. And there, and some of those guys got grandkids. Yep. It's, it's crazy. And you know, before he retired, he was coaching some of those kids, kids, uh, back because he was my wife's principal. Wow. Can you imagine being your, your dad as being a principal?
1: Uh, uh two of my was? kids had that, two of my kids had oh, that experience yeah. at the elementary yeah. school. <laughs> I, they like early elementary. They liked it late elementary. They did not. They'd like I don't know him.
0: Yeah, but I'm walking through with their hand over the side. I don't know, don't please don't say hi to me. Please don't say hi to me. <laughs> I want to get into COVID. You know, I just I just got COVID. Oh, sorry. I just had it, man, The second damn time, dude. I Jamie had this big old freaking thing, man. Like her chief initiation and then final night. Yeah. Drove four and a half five hours from here, uh, from the Pittsburgh area to go more east north. In Pennsylvania, not far from the New York State border, drove four and a half hours. Have my farm in law have my you know two, you know, one, my youngest boy with me. The oldest boy was following me because he had to leave a little bit early uh, before we were leaving in a couple of days. So he, he he had his own vehicle, but got there, dropped the kids off at the Airbnb, drove straight up to to New York, uh, this farm in New York. Beautiful setup. This retired master chief let the let the Chiefs use it for their final final night. Uh, acceptance. And it was just beautiful out there in the God's country, deer, everything out there. And, and I went through it the next day I woke up and I felt like ass went through final night. Cause I was able to do final night because I'm a retired chief myself, senior chief. So I, I, I've been through it. You know what I mean? So the, they, the CMC was gracious enough to let me roll with him And the next, like two days later, I woke up, felt kind of like I had a headache, mm-hmm. uh, a little cough, and I'm like, well, I just drove five hours and then and then unloaded the kids and my grand and my father-in-law and then drove another hour and then came back. I mean a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I figured I was just tired, just dehydrated, had a headache, just dehydrated. So I drank water, took a Tylenol, and I stepped. I was just popping. I was just pop the whole weekend, I was just popping Tylenol and Motrin, just you know, regular and trying to keep the fever down. I didn't have a high fever. Talking about 99, but I'm a little bitch, so you know, I need to keep the fever down. And then I got home Saturday, Sunday morning. I woke up and took a test. I had a home test at home, and I was positive. And I tell you what, you talk about – it wasn't that bad. I mean, I couldn't go to work. I had to work from home. But it was so annoying because the damn cough – I didn't. this is my second time. The first time I caught, I didn't have a cough. I, I caught the OG one, the, you know, the one back in 2020. Didn't have anything. I had a low, low-grade fever, and I was dead. This one, I was coughing. Had a sinus, like a sinus head. And I just congested all over my head. It was just so annoying and i was That's so great. glad to get get over that stuff though but i never had a high fever but it just took a it took a couple the first time i got it a day later i just had a quarantine because i didn't feel bad which drove me crazy i still kind of felt bad uh for a couple of days not bad bad but enough to know i was sick yeah so now getting into that <clears throat> not a long story about nothing but <laughs> but you dealing with COVID, so COVID lasted in the schools. Uh, 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 I don't know how much in Idaho. I'd say in Louisiana, where I was at the time, a good, a good school year and a half, maybe. Yeah. How much damage did that do in that short amount of time?
1: An incredible amount of damage. It'll in in a hundred different ways. Um. For a lot of our kids, uh, not all of them, obviously, a lot of our kids have great parents and great support all over the place, but there are a lot of kids who are, school is their main source of food, their main source of support. There's a lot of stuff that the school is basically their safe space, and they may be complete, they hate it there, but and they're angry while they're there, but by the same token, they know they feel safe. And so that's a kid that will never miss a day of school, even if it's a. T- there's times of the year that the teacher really, really wishes they'd miss a day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, just yeah. because of behavior. Yeah. But they that's their safe space. So let's go through the ways that this effect it, it, this hurt kids. Disease aside, okay, what it did to community culture. Was- I, I want to touch
0: something real quick. I don't think COVID really hurt the kids physically. My like kids would get no. it and it really didn't do shit to them. But no. You know, they had a quarantine, but that was about the no. worst. It's the societal pieces that yes, I'm going to go. Yeah, get yeah, on. yeah. Definitely. Definitely.
1: So the, uh put it when we first, uh, you know, we closed down in March of 2020. Yep. Uh, and when we shut down, uh, we had, we'd put some things in place. Uh, we we had food drop offs at the at the school for kids to so make sure kids were getting fed. We had just a lot of different things going on to try to support them. We had I was handing out wireless devices because a lot of our kids didn't have internet at home. Trying to f- create ways to keep things from being barriers to them continuing to learn. Yeah, didn't always work, but so talk. But talking to the police, I I was having to send. Uh, teachers were having to send, we were having to send the, pol- the police to kids houses to do wellness checks because we were, we have monitoring systems on our computers for obvious reasons, but you have suicidal ideation. You have, uh, threats of violence. You have anything like that on the computer. Usually you have the kid in front of them. You can get a counselor in there. You can figure out what's going on, move on. We lost those tools. <clears throat> so we're sending police to into the house the, we're trying to reach parents can't, At times, you can't reach parents or the parents aren't there. Uh, You're sending police over to the house to see what's going on and making sure the kid's safe. Right. Uh, During the height of COVID, you had, speaking from the police again, domestics, because parents are trapped at home, domestics went through the roof. People
0: realized, hey, I don't like who I'm married to.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And you couldn't keep them in jail. So you're in lockdown. Yeah. Got kids in the house. Somebody gets pulled out for domestic. They can't put them in jail. They, the next day, they're back in the house. Now you've got somebody who's got a domestic filed against them in the house with their kids and with their victim. So there's all this trauma coming out of that. Uh, kids need other kids and they need other adults to learn how to socialize. They lost a year and a half of that. Even when we got back to school, you're talking masking. You're talking half the kids in the building at the same time. You're talking um, the inability to socialize the way you did because you have to stay you, the social distancing. So those things, and you're now behind in your learning, and you know it. And we're paying, and the teachers, because of all the rules they're required to follow, are paying it more attention to whether or not you're distancing than di- yeah. really drilling down on things on on, right. the, on education. Right. And so it was everybody was doing the best they can. So I'm not going to point fingers at anybody.
0: Right. It was tough, uh, it was a tough pill to swallow. A lot of people had never been in a situation. We hadn't seen this in 100 years. None of us yep. were alive the last time we did something like this. So, yeah, I don't blame anybody. Uh, I think it, it was a wreck. I, I have some things I think about the government side of it. But as far <laughs> as the, the commoner, the common teacher, the common health worker, that they did what they could, man. They did everything they could do in their, in their own mental capacity, because this is, uh, this is uncharted territory for sure. It,
1: it, and it, it very much made communities, tore communities apart. Yeah. One side Uh, of the issue and another, and nowhere did you see that you saw that in schools. I had, I'm I, I work with people and I had complaints filed against me because I was following district directives other people had did had complaints filed against them because they didn't think they were following the district directives well enough. Parents tried to do the best they could, but they were all angry. Yeah. It, be, because I was worried about because of the reactions we'd had, my vice principal and I, when we started back bringing kids back into the building, requiring masks, requiring all that. Yeah. We stationed ourselves outside the door that kids entered into, not to deal with kids we wanted to greet them remind them those kind of things because we needed to but to make sure that none of the community stuff spilled into our building wow and, and we never had a problem with it but other schools did so yeah. we were prepared
0: so what was your position at the time when covid at, at its height of covid what was your position in the school
1: uh it was an awesome time uh <laughs> Good i was time. i was i was principal at the school oh, i'm at now Damn. and i was it gets better and uh I'm going to tell you a story about nothing for a second here. Uh, 2019, uh, I was end of 2019 school year. I was still an elementary principal. I was intending to stay another year. Uh, I I was starting to feel like I needed to look around. I got asked to take my current position. I said sure, no problem. So it was. A, I knew I was coming into a really good school, but a high need school that that we needed to. We had stuff we needed to do. I was excited. School gets ready to start. So, this is all of this leads up to COVID. And so, my first four years in this building has had a lot of crisis in it by definition. Yeah. We have day before teachers come back to school, the main power trunk outside the building shorts out, almost burns the building down. Hmm. In the process, wow. it melts our Wi Fi and alarm system. So, my first meeting with this teaching staff is Hey, guys, we can't work here in the building because you can't do printers. You can't do copiers. You can't do anything. I've got all these places set up so that you don't have to spend your own money on it. Go get ready for school to start. God dang. Three days later, uh, no, three, no, was it three days? Like three days later, they'd had the parts rushed in because you could do that in those days. Yeah. Back before COVID. Yeah. before COVID. We got the, got the alarm system back up. We got, um, the, the, the internet back up in the building. We, we hand out computers to kids, second day of school, third day of school. I get an email. Everybody shut your computers off. Now we shut them off. District had been hit by a, a, a ransomware attack. Oh, and shit! we were without computers. We gathered up all the student computers, shipped them off. We didn't have technology at all in the building for six weeks. So we're, we're, we're back to the 1980s taken. Roll by on hard copy. We don't even have a way to cross check some stuff. Me, we have. Meanwhile,
0: we meanwhile, bump fuck Idaho. <laughs> yeah, and, oh, yeah,
1: and we're sorry. we're the we're the third biggest district in the state of Idaho. We got like thirteen thousand oh, wow. kids. Wow. And, uh And uh, the uh, we have and and we are in kind of the Idaho is the middle of nowhere. It's not easy yeah. to get here by any route. Uh, the a lot of uh, wind, a lot of wind, a lot of wind. Yeah. Uh, that's what's going on today. But the uh, so we get that solved, and I have like a month, month, no, let's call it two months of semi-normal. Then COVID hits. Uh, that that was my first year with these teachers.
0: Oh my god! So the, the, so, you, so before COVID hit, which was COVID hit what January of 2020? Uh, they yeah, they really and we were shut
1: to, down it, by March. And, March.
0: So this was like the school year of 2019, right? Starting what September of 2019, school started. You go yep. through. The, you get. You get your go to get the business get right off the I bat. get my ass kicked right off the bat right off the bat then you get hey so around november you get up to normal october november then the january comes around and ah we, suck, start, again. <laughs> we suck again suck
1: yeah. uh, again so i the the joke is now that i bring i that i am a sower of chaos that the teacher's like uh whitmore's here there's going to be another crisis you got it <laughs>
0: That's funny. It reminds me of the story. Like I decommed a lot of ships in my, in my day, right? Like I'd go to a ship and it would be, it would decommission. So motherfuckers, when I was coming to a ship, some of them that knew me were like, I guess we're decomming. I guess (laughs) your ship's going away. (laughs) Bring the chaos.
1: Bring the chaos. Well, it's, it's been fine. It's all tongue in cheek, but it, it it is, there's just been a lot in the last couple of years. And uh, this year has been our best start to the year because it has been I mean, it's a sem- It's not completely normal, but it's a fairly normal start to the school year. That's good. And uh, because of that, I'm like, the, there's always a lot going on. Teachers, uh, My boss looks at me and says, sorry, you guys are dealing with all this stuff. I looked at him. I said, man, this is the easiest start to a school
0: year I've had since I came here. Yeah, no shit. Definitely. That's, it's weird that, you know, during COVID, you actually, y'all, y'all still taught online? We did. No, we did. I pulled chocks, man. We're not Enjoy your enjoy your extended summer J, uh, March April timeframe. They 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 shut down the schools and they didn't go back until later on in the next year. And it was just a big clusterfuck. Uh, do you think the COVID? I don't want to use this word, but I'm going to anyway. I don't mean anything by it. Dumb down kids. It put them be, okay. It or put them behind. It put them behind, and it takes a
1: while to get that. Like you know how I sit, talked about with behavior. The last time a kid had been tra- our eighth graders had been in a, a normal year of school until this year was fifth grade crazy. So COVID, okay. That COVID year, we were just playing. We were, we were ahead of the game for most of the, the state of Idaho, because we already had computers in every kid's hand that they took home beforehand. So they could, we, and we had Microsoft. So everybody was on teams and they could review and check on kids. But our focus for that March, April, May time was checking in on kids, doing review, making sure they're all right because we didn't know and, and teaching what you could. The next year we put up together a plan to make sure that kids got with a little more, but still it started out online and a lot of kids just wouldn't engage with online. And then it went to every other day. So you're getting half the content that you normally would. Kids are, kids are a ways behind and yeah. you can see it in test scores and you can see it. Those and test scores are. Don't get me started on uh, standardized test scores. Yeah, but right. uh, the, they're they're a single measure, but they don't tell you the story of a school. Um, but you have what we're seeing now is trying, and it also part of this is exacerbated is we took away for teachers all of what they had been ta- taught was the best practice stuff. We took teaching back to the eighties where teachers would stay because you had to keep away from them. You couldn't do a lot of grouping, a lot of hands-on stuff. You were doing a lot of stand and deliver. Make sure you're writing it down and getting it down
0: yeah. because
1: you couldn't work real closely with them.
0: That, that's how it was in the eighties.
1: Hell, sure. I, I wasn't in a classroom, but I seem to remember having to take a shitload of notes in every class. Yeah, I, I did. I
0: took a lot of notes. Yeah, that's true. You couldn't get up and like, like a lot of teachers, man, uh, not all of them, but a lot of them are very, I don't, you just word as a, as a, as a comment intrusive, they want to get with the student and make sure they're getting the information and yep. whatever, whatever means necessary. Right. Yeah. And I, I can definitely see they lost that shit when during COVID, cause you had to maintain six feet distance and all that shit uh, to, to, for the protocols. It,
1: it was okay. Teachers tend to be very empathetic creatures. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta be, uh, you gotta be, or you don't last in the business.
0: No. And for the it, fucking money, that's for sure
1: no. So you end up with two, you have two things there. You got empathy and you got to have the the ability at times to separate empathy from what needs to happen. And yeah, the really yeah. good ones can do both. Yeah. And, uh, during the shutdown and during online, I was, I was right. I, I had, uh, surveys going out to kids every week. To, so to try to spot problems before they got there. And I had surveys going to all of my teachers every week. And then if there's something that's that that popped up on a survey i was calling that teacher to make sure they're okay because you had teachers losing family to covid you had yeah and, and not being able yeah. to go to funerals you had all so trying to keep them afloat really empathetic people set, who need other people suddenly in isolation it, it was not good for teachers we actually uh I, I talked my district into uh putting in a counselor for teachers to try to get them back on track after that first few months
0: did you ever lose a teacher to 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 suicide or anything during that time (sighs) not during that time no good no that because I can see that uh I, I got a funny I don't know why this pops in my head it's nothing to do with COVID my son my youngest son he's in fifth grade now but when he started kindergarten in Texas he had a kindergarten teacher I went and met her like me and Jamie went and met her like the first, right before school started, you know, she was there to get in her classroom. We went and talked to her. Super motivated, fresh out of college, twenty something years, no, twenty two years old, twenty three maybe. Super motivated, and then Jamie deployed, and I, you know, I am with the kids, right? I go see her. It was like night and day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, not that she still was, you know, was motivated and stuff, but you could see her hair was like everywhere. You could tell she was uh, it was tough. So I talked to Jamie on the phone. I was like, I think Caleb broke her. It was just like in a few months that I I just, it's, it just reminds me of like all these teachers that have been doing this for a while, motivated. And then COVID hits and just, and just tears their freaking life force apart. So
1: it leads to that. First off, there's a great meme that shows what you just described. It's got teacher on the first day of school, teacher in the middle of the year, teacher at the end of the year, end of the year, it's, it's just a frazzled, owl with it's It's hilarious. And it's fairly accurate. (laughs) Uh, So right now we're trying to get kids caught back up and give teachers permission to get back to doing what they know is best for kids. Uh, And there's young teachers, you know, I had to hire some brand new teachers during that COVID time and apologize to them because nobody's first year teachings like yours uh, a lot of them ended up leaving the field right now there that the teacher shortage is real. Let me just tell you, I have a, I told you I had that teacher retired in December. I've had three years ago, four years ago, I could have a PE job open and I open it 24 hours later at the latest, I would have 25 applicants for that PE job. Wow. Right now I have that job. I've had that job open since August when he gave me his official re- retirement letter. I had three applicants. Three. And schools around me couldn't find any. Wow. So it, it's I, I got I got really lucky because I had to replace eight staff this year. I got really lucky and found some really good people. But I was one of three schools three secondary schools, one, three middle, uh, no, two, one of two middle, uh, two middle schools out of the nine secondary schools in the district who weren't missing teachers. One of them was missing nine teachers on the first day of school. Holy shit. And it was a
0: small school. No,
1: that was a school of 1500 kids. Nine means a lot. Nine means a lot. That's a, uh, so you, you got teachers teaching extra classes, you got class sizes of 40 plus no and they like they get
0: paid more for doing that
1: no it's not it's yeah. not they don't get you, you kick a class size up to 40 you're just you're just asking them to burn out quits what you're asking them to do but sometimes there's no choice right i reminds mean, me like the
0: military during covid <laughs> um like I, I was lucky fortunate that when covid hit i was not on a ship thank goodness um but i, I think about these leaders you know, which reminds me of like teachers and principals in the in the in the civilian sector. They had to they had to do some leading in unprecedented times, kind of like what teachers had to teach in unprecedented times. And what kills me is all the freaking trollers out there. Yep. Okay, all the trolls out there are talking that shit, but nobody had to do. There's nobody alive today. That that I know of, and I'm sure there's somebody, you know, one of those, you know, long living some bitches. But there's nobody alive today that dealt with a pandemic. Nope. And had to lead and 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 teach students. You're talking about <clears throat> the early 19, late 1800s shit. You're talking about Spanish flu. You're talking yep. about typhoid, smallpox. Yep. I mean, you're getting in some <clears throat> old stuff. Yeah, you're getting the real stuff. <clears throat> So it's hard. It was it, it pissed me off that these people are like, "Well, the, the, they did it this way. They should done this." Well, well, dude, you know what? Fucking, fucking, shut up. Put up or shut up. Uh,
1: yeah, I had uh, two two things there. I had a if you look at the newspapers when they were doing the Spanish flu with masking and whatnot, it was the same shit we were getting in the newspapers, almost word for word. Now, yeah, people are people haven't changed. We're still self-centered and we're still gonna throw stones at whoever we can just the way it is but here here's one that i have to be very controlled that's the nature of my job right you cannot be the, the loudest person so my uh i had a parent who was upset with the district's policies and uh, who it doesn't matter what it was about it doesn't matter but this person told me during the the conversation uh, I don't get it. If you guys are afraid, you could mask. My kid's not afraid, and I, I stopped and I said, "Well, that's not how it works." And then I said, "Wet wished them well and told them that they could file their complaint at the district office with the two or three others I'd had that week and uh, and, and <coughs> it, 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 all on that same subject. It wasn't my decision. It wasn't the wrong decision. It was it was district policy. This is what we we're going to do, right? And you got to hold that line because that's what you're being asked to do. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, my thought as I was hanging up the phone and I, I couldn't say it because of the nature, I I have to, I have to be professional, but I said, like, okay, I know that person was working at home. Yeah. I also know I said, and my instinctive response would have been to say, Hey, we can't get people to come sub if you're not worried. Come join us. Let's see how you do. Yeah. Couldn't do it. Wanted to. True. Had to be. I had to represent the school, not myself at that point.
0: Right, right. And don't get it twisted. Nope. <clears throat> now, I always masked up, right? When I was supposed to. My kids during the masking time at school, they masked up. Not because I was worried about COVID, just because I was worried about the poor guy that had enforced that shit at the place that. Mm-hmm. It had to be done. It was out of respect. Yes, and, and and that's what people lost. My body, my choice. I don't want a mask. I don't care. Well, that's good. That's good. But somebody is put in charge of of watching you mask up and having to be that guy. Because you know what, I've had to be that guy to enforce mm-hmm. shit that I didn't necessarily agree with, or I didn't necessarily think was that big of a deal, and I didn't want to put anybody else in that position. Yep. So that's the reason I did it. Because honestly. My kid, my youngest, my oldest never caught it. I don't know how everybody else has caught it, but my youngest caught it and it, I would have never known. If he didn't, the only reason because his mom caught it, he had a test before he went to school, because he was in close proximity. He tested positive. Mm-hmm. Now, by the way he acted, I'd be like for sure he's gonna be negative. He was all over the place. It was like he it was like the healthiest I ever. I mean, when the hell has I ever seen him looking? And he had COVID. But it it's it's not, it's not because I agree with the policy necessarily. It's because I respect the person having to enforce the policy.
1: You, understand and, what you know, I do. And there, there, yeah. there's elements that there's a lot of things in life that we, we, we that it's part of being a society. We're fucking grownups, right? Let's yeah. Grown-ups. And, and yeah. if we're going to, re- if, and that I think is societally is part of what we lost because now it is. This isn't, we're not working together to, for the, and I know I'm, I'm somewhat of an, I try an idealist on some of this stuff. I believe that if it's what's ultimately at some point, you're a member of society. You got to do what's good for society. You got to do what's good for you along the way, but you got it. But so many people were, have, have moved so far away from that.
0: We can disagree. Me, me, me. Yes. Yeah. And it's not, not kids. It's adults. Yeah. It's adults. And I, you know, and I, I, I always thought about that little old lady pumping gas next to me or that little old man in the grocery store where I'm in there back when, you know, I'm like, you know what, if, if I have it and I don't know it, and I give it to that old person and they pass, I, I couldn't live. It's kind of like if you're speeding down the road and you hit a kid and kill him, you can't live with yourself. And that's exactly where I, where I would be.
1: That's where you I know? was at.
0: Now, do I think mass 100% work? No, but, it's I what can we say have. I can say I I can say that I did everything I possibly could exactly, you know. And I
1: I had I was required well wasn't required I made a choice. So during that time, you have a kid come in with COVID symptoms. I had I had parents send their kids in with COVID COVID positive, and you call them on it, and they would they they would pretend they 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 tell you they knew, and they don't bring them home. You, and obviously, that wasn't going to happen. But they wouldn't come pick that the, it only happened once, but there was, for the most part, people would just not test or et cetera. So you would end up with a kid with, and you'd have to find a way to get him home. And parents couldn't get him home. Right. Uh, guess who was the guy who uh, then was, th- then was driving him home in his car. Your boy chance. Yeah.
0: <laughs> up,
1: roll all the windows down, put them in the back seat, take the bottle of Lysol out afterwards. Because i got to put
0: my kids in that car four hours later. You don't want your kids to get sick just because it ain't about you worry about your kids dying. It's worrying about having to get them sick where they're going to miss school. Yep. I mean, you know um, your kid get COVID. They're probably 99.9% of the time they're going to survive it. It'll be fine. But it's just like getting the flu. It was a pain in the ass.
1: Yeah. Well, and I and we were still in the 10-day 10 day math oh, and all dude, that. That yeah, was and, a
0: pain in the ass, man. Oh my God. But it's, it it may, have,
1: I had it. I, when I had it, I got it like the second week of school, right after we came back into it and it kicked my ass. Really? It I didn't had not bother me that much. I had 104 fever for Holy 10 days straight. Shit. I had, uh, I didn't have any breathing problems, but if I, I get cool. out of, get out of bed, it would be like, if I stood up for more than about 10 minutes, I was, I'd, I'd have to go lay down and I'd fall asleep for like Holy four hours. It, 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 so I go back to on day 11, first day I can go back. I'm not going to not go to work, even though yeah. I felt like shit. I, I'm no longer contagious. I'm going in. I go in there. I make it through about halfway of the day and I'm just cold sweat, have Ooh, to go man. home. It took me a week of shortening my days to get myself back in to the point, And I didn't feel good
0: for like two months afterwards shit! shit, that, shit a of lot of people, I know a lot of like people that are big into fitness <laughs> that, that like they, it took them months before they could, if they're runners, it took them months before they could run like they were before and, and everything. Me, dude, I caught COVID, man. And I felt like a little shitty, like I had a 99 fever, but, but I popped the Tylenol and I, I put the mask on in the house when I got home. The first time I caught it. And, and I was like, I called, uh, I called Jamie. I was like, look, I feel like she, maybe she get tested. So there was an urgent care down the road when got tested mm-hmm. positive as fuck, but I didn't even have a fever when I got there. I had like, it was like, it was normal. Cause I popped a Tylenol right before yep. when I got home and then quarantine 14 fucking days later, man. I honestly, bro, here's the deal. I went insane. I, I, uh-huh. I was probably for a few days there. I was clinically insane. I, I would, I thought that the work. Had somebody at work who was plotting against me because, you know, in my mind, I was the man. And they were trying to take my spot. I, I I I mean, I went fucking nuts. I called my buddy who was just master chief and I was a senior chief. I said, bro, has so-and-so talked shit about me, bro? I want to know, has he talked shit about me? I mean, I was ready to fight a motherfucker. And he was like, dude, you need a beer, man. You need to chill the fuck out. <laughs> I was like... I just couldn't get it out of my head. It was just like, just that, that, uh, cause you got to think when I caught it, I was isolated, not just from work. I was isolated in my own fucking home. Yes. Dude, I was stuck in a bedroom. We had a big ass vestibule that, uh, that, that separated the house from the spare bedroom. And then on the other side was the master bedroom. So I was stuck yeah. behind that vestibule. Even when I came out, I pulled up a chair with a mask, sat inside that vestibule and had a kind of Lysol. And every time I open my mouth, I'd spray it. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was just, I just didn't want my kids and wife to get sick. No, I, I, I completed. I and they sick. didn't, and they didn't. But it drove me to a point of freaking insanity. I went fucking crazy for a good two days until I went back to work. Once I went back to work, the guy that I wanted to whip his ass, he was super cool, and I was like, I, I, I couldn't be mad no more because I was over it. You know. Yep. But those two weeks fucked me up mentally, not physically. Physically, I was fine two a day or two after after I I got tested for it. I was actually running. I'll go run at night so I'll be around anybody. I was working out. I'd work out in my in my COVID room. I would, I would, and I never lost smell. I could smell Jamie cooking a roast in a crock pot across a, a 3000 square foot house. Wow. Yeah, I could smell everything. But my cigars tasted like shit for a few days. That was the only yes, thing. Yes, they did. Uh, I I actually
1: <laughs> the, the second week of quarantine, I could get out of bed a little more. My fever was still up. Didn't I felt like shit? So I'd go spend that 10 minutes. Taking apart an old dresser, yeah. Have you seen the pictures of my liquor cabinet? Yeah, I have. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have. I have. That 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 was a dresser that while I was out with COVID, I took apart and started redesigning. And after I got over COVID, I turned it into my liquor cabinet. Oh, nice, nice. So uh, this is the only thing that kept me functional. I couldn't stand watching TV. I I couldn't focus well enough to read the book, but I could turn a screwdriver for five five ten minutes, and then go take a nap.
0: Yeah. That fatigue really kicked your ass, huh? It did. Yeah. No, this one was weird. I mean, I was super tired. Like this one, I never had really sweats the first time. I mean, when well, my fever broke, I did, but not. But here, I was sweating every night. Yeah. Even if I didn't have fever, I was sweating. It's just gross. You wake up and it's cold. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking gross. Hey, so uh, Chance, when did you get into whiskey? Because you're kind of a whiskey guy.
1: It. It's uh. I, I'd always, okay. I, I, my first taste obviously was I got in trouble as a, as like at age five for getting into dad's Jack and Coke Good for him. and I uh, was falling asleep in the corner. And, uh, but you were hammered, drunk. I, I was hammered drunk at five and my mom came home and found me cause he was drinking with his buddy, uh, <laughs> nice, uh, the, uh, but actuality it was, it came out of it's been a gradual thing. I didn't, I just was a beer guy until about 10 years ago and wouldn't drink mixed drinks. Wouldn't drink anything like that. Uh, And then I started trying to, I was getting ready to go on a trip with my wife to to Scotland. And so we started learning to drink scotch and fell in love with scotch. Yeah. And and then about two years later, someone hands me uh, uh, a bottle of red breast, Irish whiskey. Oh, I love that shit, man. Uh, it is. It's my jam. I love that. Yes.
0: Stuff. Yes. I love. And Irish so I whiskey.
1: See, I've got an entire lineup of, uh, of red breasts sitting in on the liquor cabinet, uh, a little bit of tealings to go with it. Nice. So I started into Irish. Then it went into bourbon and now I'm now right now I've been picking up a bunch of rye. So it's just been, I'm slowly expanding what I try, uh, it, the, the last 10 years. And I'll admit, um, State liquor dispensaries being required to be open during COVID really accelerated that because <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you're suddenly uh, virtual cocktail parties, all that that sort of stuff. Yeah. I started drinking cocktails. I started learning. So now I, I have a pretty good collection of, of uh, whiskey, but it all came out of uh, trying Dalmore 12 a year before I went to Scotland and then going and hitting all those distilleries.
0: Yeah, Scotland. I've never been. I never. I've been to Ireland. I've never been to Scotland. I really would like to go there. But uh, talking about your rye, I know we did an episode together a few weeks ago uh, on your podcast. And you were drinking rye. I was. I was drinking a really cheap rye that is one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, it was like twenty bucks or something like that.
1: Oh, it's a 20 nine dollar bottle. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a screw yeah. top.
0: <laughs> I oh, love that's that. That. hey. You know, you know, you've hit the bottom of the barrel when you screw unscrewing screw lids. That's all right. <laughs> it's know. good. I long it tastes it, good, it's all, all, it, all, all. that's all that matters. It, it was, now, a, I found
1: it because it was a night. It was, it hit a, it, I think it was Whiskey Advocate or Whiskey Bible, yeah, one or the other. So yeah. it had it as a
0: 97%. Wow. You know, when I got into whiskey, man, you know, I, I drank it, used to drink like the Jack and Coke bullshit or, mm-hmm. or something like that. And I had an episode with a mutual friend, Ian from why Whiskey and Tavern in Question. Oh, yes. You know, he 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 brought back the why Whiskey. Oh, I, yeah, I listened man. to it this weekend. Yeah. I was listening to it too. And we did a show together he came on my show and still there's called whiskey or why whiskey or whiskey for noobs. Mm-hmm. And he came on our show and he sent me these whiskeys and I fell in love with them. He sent me some oh, wait, wait. Irish. Oh. He sent me some, some powers, Irish. He sent me and some, uh, some other stuff, but I, but he gave me a lot of recommendations and it was a great, it was a great episode. I enjoyed it. It was whiskey and talking military, you know, cause we were both active duty at the time. Then we're yep. both retired, but, uh, it, it was great. And I, I kind of got into it after that, but no, I, I like, I mean, I don't drink. I used to drink nice to drink Evan Williams with water yeah. or iced tea. So unsweet. And, and now I just drink it straight after that episode. I mean, uh, well, it changed my fucking life, dude
1: i mean ian, he ian, is that ian actually uh it was that was my gateway into your show uh was that yeah. episode and, Tavern in question, um, yeah no no when you went on did uh did he come on you came on why whiskey you and, oh yeah, uh, yeah
0: well what uh i came on why whiskey but we did both did tavern in question me and you we did tavern and question With, uh, together. summer from uh, uh stressed depressed and anxious yes yeah
1: and yeah. and it was you know, and that was incredible and we all uh we all kind of tore it up a little
0: bit that evening. Yeah, I got fucked up, man. I ain't gonna lie. I was retired. I have nowhere to go. So I really tore it up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, was that was
0: good. good. It was good. But I I, I want to segue into your podcast. You have a podcast, Strive, Seek, and Find. And it's it's so damn positive, which is good. I think we need that. I I'm, I'm I think there's a, definitely a market for it, for sure, in today's world. What... What got you into the show, and then what made you make that make that? I won't say twist, but to make that genre more positive kind of feel. And they're short. They're what I think your your, your most one is probably 15, 20 minutes. Your longest one?
1: Uh my my longest one by myself's about twenty minutes. When I bring okay. other people on, they go about an hour.
0: Yeah, hour uh, when you have, but but just when it's you. Yeah, yeah when it's, it's, it's me.
1: Uh, they what got me going was um, so right before. I took my current job. I'd hit a really unique place in my career. Um, I was, I'd been asked to present at conferences about, uh, I, I presented at a, a national conference on leadership about le- about changing culture in an elementary school. Uh, I had finished that up and I had been scheduled to present uh, at a, because I our, at my, my elementary team had taken a school that was, Really low mathematically, and had moved us into the like the top five in the state that year. And then I left, and COVID happened, and a lot of things fell apart. But I'd been asked to present at a national math math conference with and and talk about those things. And then COVID hits, and it gets canceled. And I realized, as nervous as that had made me, I'd stopped making my a couple of things. I realized that somewhere along the way, I'd stopped intentionally making myself uncomfortable to get better. And I needed to change that, and how much I had enjoyed speaking to those administrators at that conference. I mean, I had a young administrator out of Chicago, elementary administrator, first year, <laughs> grabbed me after it afterwards and asked for copies of everything and said, "I, I I'm going to try doing this. What you did? Can can I have this? Can can I reach out?" And I was like, "Of course." So it 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 kind of. Reinvigorated my mindset, sharing, that realizing that that I might re- reminding myself that just not sharing with kids and teachers, but sharing with general populace that that I had things maybe that would be cool to share and offer. And so COVID came around, and I was feeling that lack, and and I got the idea, and I was like, "What am I going to do?" And it's like, "What what do I know?" And I'm like, "I could do what I I could do another one of these uh, movie podcasts like everybody else and." But I I'm going to do a solo because I depend on people all week, so I don't necessarily always. I I want to just be able to do my own thing. Yeah. Uh, And so somewhere along the way, uh, I started writing episodes, and I'm like, oh, Uh, and they ended up all having a message, and it just sort of organically became what it is. And uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and uh, it. it, But I've had a, a a really great time doing it
0: you know i, I i've listened to several of your episodes a lot because dude i mean on the way to work i can put it on spotify and you're fine on spotify you're not on apple right i am on apple i'm on yeah. i'm on okay apple i always spotify. found, you on, Sp- always found you on spotify but but i listen to them and i can just put it on and i can listen to four episodes before i even get to work because they're like i said they're kind of short right sometimes yep. two episodes depending on the length but there was one that, that stuck out to me and, and it made me think about me, how fucked up I've been. Uh, and it made me change. Honestly, it made me change how I treat people in a restaurant. That that may be the nicest
1: thing anybody said to me in months,
0: but Thank honestly, you. bro. No, no, you're welcome, man. Well deserved. But, but you were talking about that poor waiter during COVID about how people are bitching about the food's not the same. This is not the same. This is not the same. Do you remember that episode?
1: Yep, I do.
0: Okay. My thing was, well, I'm paying the same amount of motherfucking money, right? Why the fuck are they not treating me the same? And that was my before I listened to the episode, obviously. And then you put a twist on it to make me think, wow, I'm a big fucking asshole. I never would say somebody in their face, "Hey, you're fucked up," but it might, mm-hmm. it might, it might, it might keep me from going there again. You know yep. what I'm saying, or something like that. I'm not a rude person. I'm, you know, I'm from the south. We got manners. But, but I would, but it maybe it would like, I mean, maybe I won't go there again, but I never thought about that other side. Like maybe they're told him or her keep this far away through this instead of that, do this instead of that they're understaffed because, you know, people are getting paid a lot of money to sit the fucking at the house these days. Maybe they're understaffed yep. and I never thought about it. They're trying to, you know, that one guy or that one people that are, or some of those few people that are working are trying to pay the rent. And they can't, it's hard for them because there's less people helping them because people are sent to the house, blah, blah, blah. And that stuck in my mind, Chance. That stuck in my mind, like, wow. And I was always good at empathy. Like put my, I was always good at putting myself in other people's shoes. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I, I think I feel short sometimes in, 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 in the restaurant biz or other business, like you were talking about in your show and, and helped me re re centered me. And I thank you for that. Because that Thank episode you. stuck out for me, stuck out to me, and I heard that thing probably shit. Probably, I was still in Louisiana, so you're talking about probably six to eight months ago. I heard that, maybe more. Mm-hmm. I heard that episode. just one of your older ones.
1: It is, and it I really
0: think- made it really made me think about. Wow, I'm a big freaking asshole, ah. and, and 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 I appreciate. I mean, you called me out without calling me personally out. I appreciate that because I like that. I like being called out, even if it's me saying that chance call me, even though you were just put out a podcast, but yeah. in my mind, you were like, damn, he chill the fuck out. And, and well, that was great.
1: What's, what's funny with people and, uh, the people want and, and it connects to the podcast. It connects to, uh, to the, my day job co- connects to all of it. Ultimately, most people just want to be hurt yeah. and people and want to be treated with respect. And if you can yep. figure out a way to meet them where they're at, and treat them that way, you're going to win. And, yeah, and by win, true. I mean you're not going to you're not going to end up having to throw down and have a pointless battle. You're going to be able to communicate without and putting yourself in a situation where it, it there isn't a win uh, for either of you. And yeah. uh, that figuring that I, I don't know, I've always had been pretty it,
0: empathetic. It's a fucking math equation, if, Chance.
1: It is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but be, being able to get to that, it took me a while in my, especially where I started out doing, being the uh, the disciplinarian for a school. Part of you wants to feel like you are the righteous fist of justice. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? Right. But that, that, that doesn't help the kid. It doesn't help the parent. It doesn't. All it causes is bad feelings. It's yeah. learning to how to meet them where they're at and say, hey, yeah, your kid screwed up. I still care for your kid. This is what we got to do. Then we can move forward.
0: How do you do that, man? How do you care for some person you don't even know?
1: Well, it, you, you know, you, you know, more than you think is part of it. Just, yeah. uh, I, I don't, you, 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 watch, you observe, you see how they interact and you just, you got to believe that when you take this job, when you take these jobs, you got to believe, Hey, you're in it. You kids first, obviously. But you got to believe that the kid is trying to do the best they can. They just may not know how to do anything else. Yeah. And there are some, I'm not going to lie, there are some that aren't, that are trying to burn down the world, and they got their own problems, and you meet them where they're at, and you deal with it. It's not bless your little heart. It is, hey, this is what you need. Yeah. Uh, Because bless your little heart doesn't go very far.
0: No, that to me where I'm from, bless your little heart, is kinda like a it's kind of like a left-handed comment.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I m- my idiot. grandmother was <laughs> North Carolina at, at, oh which yeah. and she'd go, uh, oh, bless their little hearts and like, oh,
0: somebody's in trouble now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, somebody's about to get their ass their, their ass handed to them. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> I I feel for you guys, man, teachers, because you know, you you could be Got a classroom, right? And I believe that every teacher becomes a teacher because they want to be the best teacher ever teach, right? I Uh believe that. I think that's everybody's goal. But you know, people fall short, and it's just like this. There's teachers out there that love these kids who has done nothing, but these kids might. Some of these kids might have done nothing but give them shit the whole time they've known them, and they still love them. Yep, and they want them to learn. That's a special kind of drive, man. That's just, I mean, you got to agree with me. That's a special kind of drive. That's a special it, kind that, of heart.
1: It it there is, and there's some of these these teachers with their big hearts. Part of being a leader in those buildings is protecting them from this themselves. Yeah, and I'll, I'll give you a key example of this that you're, that heart you're talking about. Uh, this is going back <laughs> damn near 15 years ago now, and I know. yeah about 15 and I'm vice principal at a high school and I find out that one of our teachers is doing an absolute no, no.
0: What's Uh,
1: that? She's there. There's what I call the crash landings. There are certain things than the Idaho code of ethics that if you do, you can instantly be terminated for. Right. Uh, and it comes down to most of it comes down to the the key phrase that people use in life. Um, as long as you don't touch the money or touch the kids, you're going to be okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, you gotta think. Wait, dude, I lived in I lived in Texas for a while. There's a lot of like people and teachers in Texas that was doing the big no no. Yep, you know what I'm talking about, right?
1: I, I do know what you're talking <laughs> about. But it
0: was, was it was it that?
1: No, no, okay, that cool. this was not that. This this was okay. <laughs> this. I I had a teacher who found out that one of her kids' parents had picked up and left the state, moved away, and left her, abandoned the kid abandoned and she was technically not a kid anymore she well she was she was like two weeks from 18 still and they abandoned still a kid, man. Still, a kid. still a kid it's illegal and she, so they they take off can't reach the parents obviously she doesn't tell us or ask for help she lets the, the kid ask to come stay with her for a while till they can get their feet under so two weeks go, go the by can't
0: ask the teacher to stay with her
1: to 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 come to her house and hey I need a bed can I can I stay live, at your house? live with
0: the teacher basically live with the live teacher them. okay live with cool. the I'm just teacher. trying to get it straight okay
1: so yeah so the the teacher the teacher lets her now puts the teacher at all sorts of liability puts the school at yeah. all sorts of liability I find out about it about two weeks later when the teacher finally admits to me that did it's you lose going your shit
0: on. did you lose your shit
1: no there was no point <laughs> I was like tell me everything tell me why right. so right. I said okay we got to get her help I said And chance it wouldn't be a big deal, except she's, she's bleeding me dry on top of it. Oh, she's. I mean, the girl, the the, the girl was taking well, not taking money directly, but she was eating with her. She was doing all those things, but she was also buying a new cell phone every three, every once a month when her money from SSI came in, instead of kicking some back to the teacher, she was buying the iPhone, whatever, and then going in to get another iPhone, whatever a month later.
0: Was this teacher unmarried single?
1: This teacher was divorced, uh, oh, so she, close to close to retirement. Oh, she was uh, an older older lady. She was like 63, 64. Oh, okay,
0: she was older. Okay, okay. So, like gr- which, grandma type. Yeah.
1: Grandma type trying to take care of her little pups, right? And, uh, and so I have to pull this girl in and I say, hey, we're going to get you some help. I'm going to connect you with this resource, this resource, for this resource. You're not ever staying in that house again. Right. And I said, because, and I, I put it this way in front of the teacher. Because I will fire the teacher. If you do, I didn't mean it. I was trying to make it really clear to, I had to scare the kid, the teacher. I didn't need to scare. I'd already scared her enough by going through what was in the code of ethics. Yeah. It was like, I got to protect you from yourself right now. Here's what this could mean. Yeah. All she has to do is say, you did one thing wrong and your, your career is over. You could lose your house. You could lose everything. So we're going to do this my way now. Yeah. And so kid did, didn't. About a month later, her parents come back and she moves in with them. Uh, she ended up, we got her some, what did we get? We got her uh, attached to food bank. We got, made sure she had winter clothes. And then she started, we tried to find a place to her stay. And she, and she decided to, she just kind of started couch surfing. So we knew I had an idea where
0: random people's houses, living on a couch. Yeah. Moving, moving from
1: one friend to the another friend did catch and rides. So we were able to keep an eye on her until the parents got back. Now, after that, we got her through. I can remember this kid's name still. Uh, you don't always, you know, because yeah. I think I've there, there's thousands of kids I've worked with in the last. I can't, I can't imagine, years.
0: you know, pushing thirty years. I can't imagine the amount of kids <laughs> you've freaking dealt with. So it's just it whatever happens. Why the parents fucking haul ass? Did you ever find that out?
1: They thought they they moved down, and it, I want to say it was down to the, it was down to Mississippi or Missouri from cause Idaho, thought, from Idaho because they had family down there that they thought would help them out. That lasted like they didn't call; they just went, and they were down there for like a month, maybe two. Yeah, and, fucking ran them moved, off, huh? Ran them off. They, they, yeah, but they, dude, they,
0: how can you live and leave without your daughter? It unfortunately happens and like, I, it, like, that, I'm trying, I'm trying to put myself in their shoes, you know, empathy. Like what were they thinking? I can't think of a reason.
1: I can't think of a reason either. Other than yeah. that was that their life was that spun up in a mess. Unless their, all their I,
0: minds. Minds were just that jacked up from the life they were uh, living.
1: Yeah. And here, here's another one, weird one from high school days. Uh, I had a guy bring in his 21 year old man, bring in his 14 year old wife to register.
0: So, Oh, she was still in school.
1: She was a freshman. She so was. in But right? For,
0: yeah, but Idaho, like the legal wage consent. like 10, right over there in Idaho. Right. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm fucking with you. <laughs> uh, no, backwards, but they you d- sons of bitches. We, we are. I've got,
1: I got my coon skin hat out back right now. Uh, the, uh, I, I, I killed me a bear when I was only
0: three. Yeah, man, you're out there freaking uh, living off the wild. You know, marrying yeah. the first you know woman you see, so you can reproduce the uh, the population. You
1: know, I know. Yeah, they, they, this one I actually wouldn't register him. Parents were were getting ready to leave town and go back. Go back. No, so to so he was
0: from. he was 21 years old. His wife was 14. He she was registering to be a freshman,
1: and the parents had signed off on it. Okay. She might've been,
0: she may have been 15 and I may be. Tomato, tomato, same shit, but, but it, But and it's, it's bad. But the parents signed off on, they were, I mean, they were in the area. I'm assuming they were
1: complicit. No, they they were were leaving town. They were leaving town. It, it, there was all sorts of things wrong with this. So I just, I, 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 I delayed it and set a meeting with the guy and called the police. He got wind, apparently, because never saw the girl again, never saw the guy again, never so, but, heard from the but parents. But the
0: parents point. give consent, it's legal, right? I don't know.
1: There was something else going on there, and I've never put my finger on it, but it was just. My- Damn, that's creepy. creepy, man. Oh, well, I have, my wife looks at me and says, you need to write some of this stuff down because she'll Dude, tell me a you story should for write my a first book, 10 years.
0: You should write a fucking book, bro. Dude, and I, I, and I, I forget I, them. I did the episode with Sylvester Jenkins. He said I should write a book. You should yeah. write a fucking book, bro, dude. <laughs> you should write a book, man. Because, dude, I tell you what, just you could name it like you know, high school tells from the dark side, man. That's some crazy shit that you, oh, you it, dealt
1: with, man. But it's and there's some funny stuff and kids are great. Uh, I mean, I ha- we have the same sort of stuff at elementary schools. Not that bad. I had oh, to, no. I had a guy. I mean,
0: you're not, you're well, not marrying us. You're not marrying an eight-year-old if you're 21. I mean, that's, you hope not. You hope, yeah. Yeah yeah, sure. yeah. 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 We're talking about Idaho, but you know, I'm joking. Yeah. I'm, 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 we I'm,
1: had, uh, <laughs> we had, I had a guy come in there to, to and set a meeting with me cause he wanted me to deny his, his words here. This is whole, completely disrespectful to his wife. So, but this is how he came in and saw me. Hey, um, I want you to deny my old lady. My old lady left me, uh, left left me last night and I don't want her to see the kids until she comes back to me. So I said, that's not how this works. You don't want me to have that kind of authority. What power do you
0: have? What power do you think you have?
1: Uh, Apparently he thought I had a lot till I explained to him how it worked. And if he wanted me to have that power, I could deny him his kids too. Then he was less interested. Yeah. Uh, He went, then I I said, what you need. Well, how do I do it then? I said, you know, you need to go to the, and get a temporary restraining order against your wife and go do it. I said, so I have to go to the courthouse for that. I said, "Yes, yes, you do." Well, I can't. They're, they're looking
0: for me there. I can't go there.
1: <laughs> exactly. Had, I looked him up. He had three warrants pending. His ink told a story. Let's just say that. I his, oh, his ink, ink told a story. Oh, his
0: tattoos. You're talking about?
1: Oh yes. Oh really? I, yeah. You're <laughs> sitting there having parent meetings with people. You're like, oh, I know what that means, and that's not good. It's uh, always makes things that interesting.
0: I would tell you what a good thing is chance. Uh, what makes me feel good is I'm from Louisiana, which, you know, Florida has the Florida man. We have the Cajun yep. man in Louisiana and that is- it, it's real shit. And to think that we're not the only state, it makes it feel everywhere. good. It is. I, I landed in, uh, I was on a work trip. I came, I think I landed in Minneapolis or Chicago or, here or somewhere one time. And, I got off the plane, walked outside, I said, you know what? They're everywhere. Yep. It was not just in the South. And they are everywhere. And I've been through Idaho a few times. They're everywhere. <laughs> They're everywhere. They are everywhere. And it's funny how it's it's like it's like middle America, little America, because you're not in, I mean you got some big schools, but really you're located in in, in Little America. Yep. And I live in the part of
1: the state that has 90% of the population. while the rest of the state is almost no one.
0: Right, right. But everywhere (laughs) in Idaho, Idaho is what has like 700,000, the whole state.
1: It's a little, it's one point something million is all,
0: but, but that's a, that's not, that's not very many people for a state that size. And to think that, to think that every, it happens everywhere. Like that, the shit seems to only happen in redneck America. Uh Uh-huh. It's funny. Like it's like they forget like the rest of the world is carrying on, and these people are stuck in like I don't know, 1820. And it's funny.
1: It is. Funny. And, and 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 you think you get to this point where after as long as I've been in, and you probably had the same thing in the Navy, you think there is nothing left that can fucking surprise me. And then I walk out of something, somebody says something or does something. I walk out and I go, look at my VP and say, Well. Got a new one. I can mark off my administrator card now. I didn't think that was going
0: to happen again. Right. Right. Exactly. And I tell you the Navy I've seen, because, you know, a Navy is a snapshot of society. Mm-hmm. And there's some shit I've seen. that like, what the fuck? I think I grew up pretty normal. You know, you know, mom and dad, didn't, you know, my dad passed away at a young age, but not that young. Twenty-one. I was still grew up, you know, knowing my dad. Mom and dad still married. My dad was a welder, my mom was a bank teller. Kind of the all-American jobs there. Yep. Grew up in a small town. And then I hear I hear other people and Jamie's the same way. Both her parents were educators. Her mom was a uh, ELA teacher, English teacher. Her dad was a biology teacher, so was I. A coach. Yep. A coach, biology teacher and a principal or not just biology, but science. And, yep. and she grew up pretty normal. They stayed together until her mom unfortunately passed. And, and then I, I, I joined the Navy and I got these kids come in that got a story. Yep. And the human in me, it breaks my heart. But as the, the chief, the senior chief, I gotta be, I gotta be hard. They can't use that as an excuse because you know what, uh, I don't believe in excuses. Mm-hmm. I believe I don't care what your best is, as long as you're giving your best every day. Well, your best might be the same as another person's best, but as long as you're given your best, I'm okay with I can work with best. Yep. It's like as an electronic technician, I had a, a good friend of mine, and he's still a he was a mentor of mine, he's still one of my best friends. His name is Kirk Hurst, retired senior chief in the Navy. I broke something one time putting it in. It was not really my fault, but it happened. And I said, yeah, it was an expensive part. And I said, it broke. It was a CRT. You know, the old CRTs like in TVs and stuff. Yep, They have a neck on them that is really fragile. And the person that was helping me slipped and it cracked. So it's no good. And it's like 10 10 grand or I said, wow. I said, man, uh, maybe not quite, maybe five grand, six grand. It was expensive enough. I said, hey, I said, chief, he was a chief at the time. I was still second class and and I was like, I broke it. And he said, look, if you ain't breaking shit, that means you're trying to, that means you're not trying to fix shit. If that's the worst thing that happens, then we're okay. So it's people like that. You know, that's how I was. As long as you're trying, man, we can work with shit as long as you're trying. You can fuck up as long as you're trying. But if you're fucking up by like not giving a shit, then we got a problem. And that's, and that's kind of how I led my, I say leadership. I guess leadership. Like, like if if you gave a shit, we can work. with we'll give a shit. You can't teach. That's one thing you can't teach. Is give a shit. No. I, and I talk about I, I talk about hustle fouls. Hustle
1: fouls. Yes. I, I talk about. You, you, I make it. I. Yeah, you screwed this up. You gonna do it again? No. I said okay. Then you've learned something. We can move forward.
0: Exactly. Exactly. As long as, you get, not, long as you. You're not. As you.
1: You're not pissed off. No. Let's clear. Let's let's fix it. Let's go figure it out.
0: Right, man. And there's times that I I I was young and I was uh and I was maybe a little bit. I didn't I didn't take my time and and I fucked shit up. No, that was just me trying to get it done because I was always I got to put that shit behind me so I can work on the next shit. I got to put that shit behind me so I can work on this shit. Because I was always taking on too much or taking on a lot and that was too much. But I was always taking on a lot because I always wanted to be the best. And I figured the guy that's working the hardest is the best. I mean that's just where I was raised. If you're working the hardest, then you're the best. If you're doing this, then you're the best. And it really took me, I was probably in my mid-30s where I realized, hey, I was a chief where I realized, you know, it's all right to take a step back and look at the big picture and, and figure it out before you before you, take that first step. And yep. that, that, did, that paid off big dividends for me the rest of my career, and I think it still does now. And I still That's find myself doing it. Oh, yeah. You know, I just want to get it behind me.
1: We get older, we become more who we are rather than less. And uh, yeah, right, definitely. And I, I mean, I, I you know we talked about in, uh, getting in the uh, getting up on the balcony so you can see the whole picture. Yeah, let let what's happened on the dance floor happen on the dance floor. You get up above it, see what needs to happen.
0: What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas.
1: <laughs> Except gonorrhea, that shit's forever. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Know, that? Was the what was that show? God dang it! That, Couldn't that's help not it.
0: The, that's not the Hangover, right? I think it is the hangover. I love that fucking movie, man. I love all three of them, man. It's great. They're my faves. But Jamie told me one time, and it really made me think, and I was still a chief at the time. Maybe I was a senior chief. I don't fucking know. But Jamie's more of a hugger than I am. You know, she's a chief now. She's, you know, she's, she's a big deal. And uh, she told me, and this is back when she was still a first class, I was either a, a chief or brand new senior chief. And she said, Heath will get the mission done. He will do what it takes. He will make it fucking happen. But there might be a wake of dead bodies. It might be a, a, a dead bodies in his wake. But that shit will happen. That made me feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. Because I never thought of myself. I thought of myself as a, I always put myself in other people's shoes. But they're yep. bullshitting me. I'd be like, nah, no, you get your ass to work. You know what I mean? Don't bullshit yep. me. And I keep thinking about this time that this happened and I, I mentioned it before on a podcast on one of my shows or somebody else's show. I can't remember. There was this kid when I was a senior chief, I was in charge of the air ops department on the air station, which is the biggest department. I had the most people, right? Mm-hmm. Not say I was in charge. I was the senior enlisted. There was a department head ahead of me that I worked directly for. He was a Oh five great guy. Still friends today. But anyway, he came checked in brand new air traffic controller, you know, air traffic controllers are bread and butter, right? They, yeah. they, they do all the, you know, air operations, what's in the air planes, right? Air traffic controllers yeah. control the planes. It's, it's a big deal. A lot of training, a lot of qualifications go into that's a qual driven job. He gets in, he goes, yeah, my brother has cancer. And I mean, I guess he just found out why he was in like his school before he got there. And he, um, he needs to go back. He was at Walter Reed in Maryland. I mm-hmm. think Maryland's in Walter Reed. He was doing his chemo or he, he could be a donor for marrow, marrow donor and all that stuff. And I was like, to me, it was easy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, take your brother family first, man. Cause you it ain't about what you do in the it's about how people show up to your funeral. Right. So I was like, yeah, dude. And yeah. I rented my boss. We, we my boss had already know about, we talked about it, talked to the skipper. He was in agreement, sent him eight weeks, six weeks or whatever, long, long time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, TAD. Basically, he sh- he called into the recruiting station there and said, I'm alive. But he had full access to his brother. Six weeks, whatever. I can't remember what it was. I think it was six weeks. He comes back, and I'm like, and I heard his brother was doing better. I was really happy to hear that, because, you know, my brother almost died, and that that tugged on my heartstrings a little bit, you know, he died almost 20 years ago. It's been 2000, but it's still, I remember that shit. My yeah. baby brother. So... He comes, he comes in. I'm like, look, man, I, I'm so happy that you were able to do that. Uh, and, uh, I hope you're ready to, like, get qualified and get to work and, you know, do, your, do God's work, right, do the work of the American people, you know, put, put, uh, put planes in the air and get them trained because we're a training base. So we train yeah. pilots, right? And he said, well, I need to go back there. I'm like, look, man, I mean. And he had – I'm at the final stage. So I was like, look, bro, you got to get some quals done, all right? We did our part. I think it's time for you to do your part. And it was that frank, though. It wasn't like, uh, no, it was like, no, we did our part. It's time for you to do your part. Yeah. I flipped that switch and I talked to my boss. My boss like, no, you're 100% right. CO no, Heath, you're 100% right. And he he's suicidal, right? So saw suicidal. And they put him in a padded room in Corpus Christi, which was, we were in Kingsville. This was like 30, 40 minutes away, a padded room in Kingsville. I mean, in Corpus. And they said, all oh, right, he's good. All right. We talk to him, he's fine. Blah blah blah. No, those are the professionals, right? Yeah. He comes back to Kingsville, he's in the barracks. That night he hung himself. Oh, good Lord. You talk about when and 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 ja- Jamie didn't mean it when she said that. I'm not blaming Jamie. She's just, yep, yeah. we're talking, that's how we do, right? And she, and, and as yeah. soon as she said that, that's what I thought about. Yeah. You know, and And it still haunts me today, but I, I'm not the end all as a, as a, as a senior guy, departmental leading guy, I'm not the end all be all. There's two or three people ahead of me. Yeah. Right. That make the decision. I recommended his ass go to work. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hide that fact, but other people agreed with me and, but their job is to agree with me too, because I am the senior listed advisor.
1: And I'm going to say, say this, here. you said a couple of things in there. Family comes first. Right. You did the right thing. You did, you did right. We don't know what else was going on there. Right. You, you probably, you do. So that, that, the, the, we're human. We do the best we can. We try, we take care of our people. And sometimes that is giving them what they want. Sometimes that is giving them what they need. And we don't always know how that's going to end up.
0: It's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, because I'm worried about what they need, not about what they want, you know. And yep. that's me. Well, yep. they need they he needed to go help his brother. I knew that. Yep. He his wants matched his needs. But when he got yep. back, I saw it was a guy trying to get out of work. He liked that that easy life of fucking not doing shit, but getting a good paycheck every freaking two weeks. And I saw a guy, and maybe I was wrong, but that's what I saw. And his family hated us. I yep. didn't catch the brunt of his family, but my skipper did, you know, my my CEO did, who, who I liked, who who we got along, he, he respected what I had to say. And I felt bad that he took the brunt of that shit, even though he agreed with me, but it's still, it was my recommendation at the end of the day. And, and, and it hurts. And it hurts. And this kid, I mean, what does it matter? I mean, what, what, what's the cost of a life? Like, what if I said, all right, I've been sep your ass. I could have been, I said, have been sep you. Let's sit you out to you on your way. Bye. But it was a different time back then. We couldn't just admin set people back then. You know, there had to be a reason why. Yeah. And and yeah, he was suicidal. Quotations, I say that, but the professional said he was fine. He even got over, he got over the hump. He was good. So I took the professional's recommendation and I took what I knew as a person, as a guy that's been doing this for a long fucking time, yep. and said, I've seen these people come and go. And usually you put your foot down. They get to it, and they become a they become a good part of the command, and they take care of business, and they and they and later on they're glad they did. Yeah, because when my dad died, I was young. I was brand new in the navy. I wanted to get out, and I'm glad I didn't. You know, I was hurting. You know, my dad was my hero, and he died, and it fucked me up. I mean, I lost hair. I had I had stress related baldness over that shit. It's a big fucking deal. And but I'm glad my command stood firm, but they were with me the whole time they took care of me and I became a senior chief and retired at the second highest rank You can retire. So I'm glad it worked out. So I was kind of thinking about that when I was talking to this kid and yeah, he he killed himself. And his mom was fuck the Navy. Fuck, fuck this (laughs) command. And it, it hurt because I thought it was a good command. Yeah. They took, I thought they did their best. They weren't perfect, but I thought they did their best. And yeah. So yeah, man, when Jamie said that, I was like, you know, she got a point. <laughs> she she got a point. You know, what I mean, I mean, honestly, it, it it wasn't the point she was thinking of. But. No, no, but she, but but she. I think she said that before that happened.
1: Wow. So
0: so it was is one of the things. What I, I keep thinking about back home, uh, because I've had a lot of, like I said, as a as a like twenty six years in the Navy, I had a lot of people come through and seen a lot of people and seen a lot of bad, yep. seen a lot of people. I seen a few people commit suicide. You know, mm-hmm. and. And, but this was the first one that, that happened and the dude worked for indirectly for me. Yep. You you know what I mean? So that, that, that hits home. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, I have the, uh, I can remember the first time, which is kind of relate, but not really. I can remember the first time that, uh, my, uh, I had to was getting ready to let someone go. Like a teacher, uh, it was it. it, it was yes, yeah, somebody who worked with kids. It was a, a, a paraprofessional. But somebody that
0: worked off. under underneath you as a principal.
1: Yep. Okay. And uh, so, and I call uh, called my dad, and uh, who, like you said, hero, etc. Right. He passed in November. Well, a month. Yeah, last year. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, the uh, the so. But I can remember sitting down with him on the phone, and I'm stressing about it. I've got it like this: is, this kid, this this is this lady's livelihood. She's got three kids at home, you know. I'm going through all the negatives, and he and he he stops me, and and just says, "You know, take this the way I mean this. This is not a hard decision, Chance." I go, "Okay, what do you mean?" And he goes, "Well, is she gonna after your meeting? Is she gonna be alive?" Yes. Does she have a ch- opportunity to go get another job? Yes, he says. This is not like sit, standing on one side of a rice paddy and having to pick two kids to run across it while well, all you can do is fi- fire over the top of their head. No one of them is probably going to get shot. This Damn, is not life dude, and death.
0: That's tough, dude. That's that's real life, man. That's crazy.
1: And, and I go, you're right. I'm not making those kind of decisions. He goes, <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that is that is an unfortunate decision. That is not a hard decision. And I said, damn,
0: okay." he put every, he put everything
1: in perspective? He did. Uh, he wasn't going to show me any fucking sympathy. He was going to say, here's what you need to think about, right? uh, which is one of the things I appreciated. That's
0: I, fucking crazy, dude. But I like the candid, like in your face. Are she going to die when this is over? And then what the fuck's your problem? Exactly. It, now, it, I like so, it, man. That's hard, but that's tough love, man.
1: And I needed it at that point. And it's like, yeah. this is the, it's, it's like, he told me when I was coaching, he says, there's two kinds of, he'd never coached. He just watched a lot of sports. He, he goes, Chance, you need to understand as you go through this, there's two kinds of coaches in this world. Those who have been fired and those who will be your day's coming. It doesn't matter. You need to understand it. You've just those fired? kind of things. You've do you ever been work. fired? Fired? No. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: I got have out, it, dude. You got out of it
0: on your own, on your own accord.
1: I got out of my, I didn't like, uh, I, I, my, my coaching career ended when I went into admin and I quit football the year before because the, the, they, we, they fired the head football coach. I, I didn't like the offer I got. He made the right offer for his staff. I didn't see a, a place for myself on it. And I walked away and went and did other things. Went and got my, finished my admin degree and, uh, left the school to be an admin elsewhere.
0: There you go. There you go. So you never got fired. You quit on your own accord. I quit on my own accord. So your dad was wrong.
1: Well, there is that. (laughs) Man. I can't say that. I can't say that very often because.
0: Oh, no. Yeah, my dad was always right, dude. I'll tell you what. I'm sure he wasn't 100% right, but he could look at you, right? He could look at Chance Whitmore and be like, I can tell you everything about Chance off of one conversation. It's a sixth sense, man. And, and there's people that can do that. And I think I have some of that. I, I'm not as good as he was, not even close, but I have, do, do have that trait. But, but my dad could look at a bitch and be like, that bitch is no good. Or that bitch is a good person off a, off a, a 10 minute conversation. Yep. He had to weigh, he was uncanny how smart he was. You could drop his ass in the middle of the woods. He'll find his way out. He had an uncanny sense of, of direction and people. That was like, my grandpa was a pilot. So navigation is in their DNA. Yeah. I mean, my dad flew too, but not at the level of my grandpa. And my dad could stomp his ass. You drop both of them in the middle of the woods. My dad would fucking get out before he would Dude, I just do. We've had a good conversation.
1: Oh, this is awesome. Every time I sit down with you, it's amazing.
0: I love it, man. I love it. I love because I mean, you're not much older than me. What are you about to be 50 ish, right? You think you hit me up? You're almost 50.
1: I'll, I'll be fifty in January.
0: Damn, you're an old, motherfucker, dude.
1: I feel I'm it jo- right I'm now. Jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm 46.
0: <laughs> so I can't talk too much, but I feel like I'm like you got so much wisdom to share with me. There's a lot of a lot of living that came along with being an educator for as long as you you have.
1: It, it's been good. It's been it, it's been a, a good life, and uh, as I'm looking at it from you know, I you're on your last episode when you were talking about your, your goals after retirement and what you'd like. And yeah. I, I, I messaged you at the time. Like,
0: yeah, I remember Dude, that.
1: That's stu- that stuff. I don't have fi- figured out. And I got two months towards 50.
0: Bro. And, that and, was, the, that was a, that was a, a mock counseling session a coaching session. Okay. So, you know, yep. uh, I don't think I'm at 300 grand. I, I'm not doing bad, but I'm at 300 grand.
1: But, that's not what I meant. Just the same sort of same sort of things you're thinking about that you brought yeah. up were the same sort of things. I was like, I've thought about this. It was it was a really yeah. good episode and a really thank great ma- counseling you. session.
0: Thank you for that, man. I thank you. I think the kid, uh Lawrence, I call him a kid. He's a kid. Everybody's a kid to me. He's like 25, Ooh. 26. But he has a lot going for him. I think he has a future in this Navy and and, and coaching, you know, because I think he just graduated from, from school, and I think he's got a long way to go. And I'll be honest, man, I wasn't selling the coaching thing, dude. I'm still not 100%, uh, but I think it's a tool that could be used. Uh, should it be Navy-centric? I don't I don't know, but I think it's a good – I think for any sailor to do what they need to do so when they retire get out, they have something set up for the future, I think yes. it's good on them. You know, they did their they did their duty for the country and anything they can get. I'm all far. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm all far. Anything uh, that's I, anything that can be marketable in the civilian world, but is it something that we want? And maybe I don't know.
1: And I, I th- we have some of this, and it's it's uh, different a little a little bit. Some of that in education with helping teachers become the the best teacher. They right, can be. Here, and, I think and there's and, a place it. for it. And, uh, it, but I had, it's a funny conversation that came out of it. Um, we'd been talking about it. I was talking to my boss, um, and he wanted to know, he was talking to me about my goals and what my next job was going to be in the, when, when I'm done, where I'm at and whatnot. And, yeah. and I said, you know, I'm going to be honest about what I'm most proud of in my career as an administrator right now. And maybe most is the wrong word, but what I, the thing I've enjoyed the most at this point is. That was, that was a good sounding bottle top right there uh the uh there we go the uh, the one of the things i'm most proud of is the number of people that are working in admin that somewhere along their route i was able to help figure something out and that that's that i mean if if i you know i've, I've helped a lot of kids i've helped a lot of teachers but i'm also helping this I'm on the tail. I'm on the tail end. I may go 10, 15 more years, but I'm still a lot closer to the end of my career than I am to the beginning.
0: Right. You have more days. You have more days behind you do in front of you as far as teaching. So they, that to
1: me is like, I'm going to, that means somewhere along the line, I'm going to get, I I hopefully continue to have an impact because I touch those people's lives. Yeah. For long after I'm gone.
0: There's, there's so much. resemblance in the teaching career and in the military career, because at the end of the day, your job is to train your relief. Mm -hmm. Right. And as a, as a chief and as a senior chief, nothing made me feel better than that guy that worked for me, get that a promotion or that award or whatnot. When a guy makes chief and he calls me and says, thank you for what you've done for me. Yes. And not that I did anything for him. All I did was make sure that people knew what they did. Mm -hmm. Right all I did was my job, but for them to take the time to call me and say, or message me or whatnot and say, look, thank you. That means more to me than if I would have made it. Right. Exactly. You know, what, you know what I'm saying? Like if a guy gets a, gets a Navy achievement or a Navy combination award because of a award that I wrote, because I recognize what they did, that's better than if I
1: got it. And I, I got a question for you because I, I, yeah. I, I could see this in you. So, cause it's up to now I'm a guy and I'm guessing that you are too, that when someone you struggle to take a compliment because somebody tells you that it, you start looking for the other hand, somebody gives you a compliment, you start looking, why, why are yeah. you reaching what, what's the, what, what are you getting out of this compliment? You can't just accept it as a compliment. Not because you don't know you do, do a good job because you do, you know, but why is this coming up now is usually my thought. And part of that's the the field I'm in because generally speaking, the only time you hear all oh, teaching, you guys are so great to be a teacher is when the economy's good, when the economy's crap, every the, then um, everybody's talking about how lucky you are, not how hard yeah. the job is. Fine. So, uh, but it's, it's just something. Even before I became an educator, I had trouble. I ke- people that are too quick with compliments—it's instinctive. You put them out at arm's reach until you figure out exactly why they're doing.
0: It. Yeah, I, I, I get you, man. Uh, it's not because I think they're trying to. I always had issues, but it's not because I thought they were trying to like fuck me over. I yeah, thought it was, no, it's,
1: it, it's not what it was, I'm saying though.
0: No, but I know, like, like yeah. you know, you're waiting for the 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 you waiting for the, the second hand, like you said. Yeah.
1: Well, what are, they get, what are they getting out of it? Out
0: right of it. Right, right. It was always like, it was awkward for me. Yes. Like, I'll tell you what's the biggest one is thank you for your service. Yep. I, and I'm like, thank you. We all have struggles. Definitely. My struggles are different than yours, but you got struggles too. And I don't think any one struggle is more than anybody else's struggle. It's just different. It's a different struggle. Like, yeah, you know, I had an LPO tell me one time, my, uh, li- uh, my, my, my boss, he was like, I was young. He was like, you know what he, th-? he goes, my in-laws or my mom or my family. I can't remember what he said. They don't, they don't really understand what I do. They think I'm just at this big boys club. That was back when the Navy was a boys club. Right. Come in the late mm-hmm. nineties. They think I'm at this boys club and I just get up, drink beer and get paid. And I, I told him, I said, you know, that feeling you feel when you get up in the morning and brush your teeth and you're not worried about somebody bombing your house. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I do. I was one of the people, my job does provide that, that, right. Right. I mean, yeah. it ain't just me, but it's a collective, right? Yeah. And, but, but, you know, you're the person that when I go buy, spend two or $300 at a, at a store. You make me feel like, hey, I should spend two or three two or three hundred dollars at this store. Customer service. So yep. I think it's all the same, man. I think I think in my mind you you're dealing with different struggles than I am, but we're struggling. We're all struggling. We're Americans. We're struggling.
1: Well, it's what work you decided to put yourself into.
0: It's what struggle you decided to take. Yep. Because it's not an easy. Nothing's easy. Not And you know what does get me worried about fricking the other hand is something for free. There's that. Anything for free is probably got a catch to it. Always. And unless you got a good friend that gives you a free opinion. And, and that's about the, it.
1: And those are, <laughs> those tend to be worth exactly what you paid for them.
0: I got some good ones though. <laughs> I have some good ones, man. I'll tell you what, but I have some bad ones too, but I got some good ones. I got some good ones that, 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 that when I'm having, like you called your dad that time about, about, about letting somebody go, I have, I've had those conversations too. And it's easy for them because they're not in a situation and they can think of it rationally, which is great because at yeah. the end of the day, you need rational thought and chance, dude, dude, this has been a great episode, bro. I I, I couldn't, I couldn't expect anything better.
1: Oh, this has been awesome. I appreciate it. I
0: hope you enjoyed it as much as I have. Oh.
1: My friend, it is always nice to sit and talk to you.
0: Well, we're going to sit and talk some more. I want end the episode, but we're going to bullshit some more and finish. I got to finish. I got whiskey to finish. But I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with one. you. So before we uh, stop, how's your Buffalo Trace?
1: Oh, it is absolutely delicious. It's uh, it's got a very nice nose to it. It's got I, I think of it as a nutty finish that I just absolutely love.
0: I tell you what, uh, Hermes from from the scuttlebutt thank you so much brother for giving me this bottle of four roses it's halfway done uh me and chance have been drinking but uh yeah i love it it's great stuff can't ask for anything more and we're going to end it here but like i said earlier please if you like the episode rate us follow us do everything you can do we're all everywhere you can find us chance give me a shameless plug for your podcast before we leave
1: shameless plug come on down and check out the Strive, Seek, Find podcast. I am the home of short bite-sized lifestyle, life advice. Sometimes it's lifestyle, but whatever you do, don't take my dressing advice. Uh, And along the way, you're going to have a little bit of fun. Uh, Everything from travel to good whiskey to life with your kids and some great hikes along the way.
0: I can't can't, uh, promote your podcast enough, please. Listen to uh, Chances podcast. Try seek find guys. It's a great podcast. You can find you anywhere, right?
1: Anywhere, Apple, uh, Spotify, Good Pods, um, all of them. I, I I think I'm on. Yeah, I am on Google. I made sure I was even on Google. So uh, even on Google, that's, it's weird to say it that it's so minor. But uh, mm-hmm. I, any place you can get your podcast, I should be right there. Amazon and, even.
0: Yeah, you can you can ask Alexa to find uh, Strive Seek Find. Correct. Correct. Nice. So, hey guys, listen—they're short podcasts, but they pack full of info. So, definitely give give chance to listen on the Strive, Seek, Fine. And with that, you know what we wish you fair winds and following seas.